Hello, and welcome to the Northampton Shakaras podcast. This is a totally new venture for uh, us at the charity, and we wanted to launch this podcast as we still remain within our 30th anniversary year. The idea is that we'll produce a monthly podcast. We'll run it for six episodes and just see how uh, how it goes and what the response is like. And the intention is to have information that might be of interest to you if you're an unpaid carer in uh, the county, as well as some lighter items of more general interest. What we'd really love is to hear what you think and also invite you to put forward suggestions for topics to talk about on future podcasts. The best way to do that is email podcasts at northamptonshire-carers.org. That's not the only way, though, that you can get your ideas for topics that you might uh, like us to talk about on future podcasts anywhere, really, that you encounter us then uh, you can let us know what uh, what might be of interest to you and we can try and sort of weave that into the mix on future editions. My name's Adam Wilson. My day job is being project manager of Community Companions, which is a service that's been running uh, since 2012. Essentially, the idea really is that we recruit volunteers, match a volunteer in a local area with you if you're an unpaid carer. The idea being that the volunteer does a regular visit and that gives you a chance to get a bit of time away from your caring responsibility to do other things. And it also means that the person that you're supporting gets the benefit of a different face, somebody else to chat to. However, that's by no means what uh, my role is as far as this podcast is concerned. I'm essentially the host, the link person. And the main thing really is that, is that uh, it's not me doing lots of talking. It's me really enabling you to hear what our guests have to say. And in this, our first episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Major, Chief Executive of Northampton Shakaras. Hi, Mark. Hi, Adam. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here for, for the first one. I know this is a new innovation for us, but I just sort of wondered if it kind of seems a natural starting point, really, for you to sort of say a little bit about why a, a Northampton Shakaras podcast. I think the main thing is we've, you know, we've got lots that we want to tell people about um, what's going on. We think there's some really good information um, out there, tap people into the different service offerings, but also really hoping that carers can contribute a lot to this. Um, and uh, also I think there's some really good podcasts out there and quite a few of us listen to podcasts. So I think that's inspired us a bit as well. I know, Mark, that before we started recording this conversation, you were speaking about the fact that you started off as a carer support worker with uh, the organisation, then went on to manage one of the two carer centres in the county at the time, uh, and then uh, moved across to management of the young carer service, and then moved into the chief executive's role. So you've been with the organisation for 27 years, and I was just interested to hear what motivates you. That's quite a, an easy one, I suppose. It's, it's, it's carers themselves and and what they do, really. It's um, it's incredibly humbling to to support carers, um, and I think that trying to make a difference to, to to them and the people that they look after is is something that drives the whole organisation on. Um, 
the, the staff and volunteers that we have are wonderful and that that, that inspires me uh, a great deal as well um and i think there's i think there's something as well and I, I suppose it's back to that kind of trying to make a difference thing it's it's trying to promote change within the wider health and social care system so there's a lot of uh, partnership work that we're involved in and and working with other organizations be they in the statutory or voluntary sectors to 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 sort of make that difference we're around integrated approaches is is really quite inspiring as well i think it's likely that you've covered some of this in your answer to the previous question mark but i was interested to know what your favorite part of the job is i said something at one of our uh, team days to the to the staff group and uh, that's around I think all of us haven't ended up here by accident you know whether you believe in uh, fate or faith or, or, or whatever you want to believe in I think we found our way here for a for, for a reason so and I think that really comes across in the type of work that we do um, and so all of that's really enjoyable I've really enjoyed over the last few years um, working more closely with colleagues within health um, and things like our long-term health condition groups for carers, um, the Integrated Care Across Northamptonshire programme. Well, we've kind of mixed some clinical and some social care input with, I suppose, some of our bread and butter, which is around social inclusion and health and wellbeing and bringing people together and we get absolutely fantastic feedback on 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 that set of things as well so yeah i i enjoy all of those things and i I had a lovely afternoon yesterday we had our male carers group which i i've I've done all the time that i've been here um and i I really love that and we had some really great chats and and time yesterday afternoon over a a cuppa so yeah I'd say they're the, yeah, there's there's lots I could go on about, but yeah, they're the main things. I think, you know, when you're in a caring role, because it takes up so much, you, you kind of can think you're, you know, you're by yourself, you're, you know, you're one of the only few that are doing it. Um, well, of course, there's there's many thousands in the in the county and many millions in the country that are that, that are doing that. But I think that thing of being able to come together with people who are like you and who are uh, are doing the same sort of things. Um, is is really fantastic and I think the stuff we do that's involving carers and the people they look after and the long-term health condition groups and dementia hubs um, and, and that type of thing, they're really like gold dust really. You're listening to the Northamptonshire Carers Podcast. Just going back to something that you mentioned earlier Mark, you spoke about working with partners in health and social services and being able to influence the the wider system. I just wondered though that sometimes does it perhaps feel between managing the finances and contracts that there's perhaps a tension that occasionally emerges between doing that and meeting uh, or providing services that meet uh, carers' needs? Both they're one and the same type of things really with what carers need. So sometimes that that kind of contractual and commissioning work is is one and the same really um but i think one of the things is is always to keep your kind of focus on your charitable purposes and and you know ours are around supporting carers and 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 those they look after um and so that's where 
um, other pieces of funding or donations or grants or legacies are just so important because they're sometimes for the things that are really important but that you don't get statutory funding for and yet they're sometimes some of the things that make the biggest um, difference to people so it's it's like trying to make sure that we've got resources coming in from a lot of places and yeah. people are very generous um, towards us as well but it's, it's those sort of bits of money that really do make a difference. Yeah. It's Northamptonshire Carers' 30th year, and it's probably a pretty impossible task to pick out things specifically from there, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So what would you say are the particular highlights of the last three decades? We started off with just a, um, a short-term rent and a little bit of funding around an office um, front within a shop in, in, in Kettering. Um, somebody had the idea of, uh, well, are there any carers out there? Might they pop into somewhere like that? Let's let's give that a go for for a month. And I think eight hundred people came through the doors <laughs> during during that first month. So that kind of you know that that proved the proved the worth sort of thing. So I think there's something in certainly being able to grow to the size we are and supporting the numbers of people that we do with the amount of services that we do are, are, are real highlights. We're, we're so proud of our, our our staff and volunteers, so that's something I'd, again, pull out. And I was just so delighted that we we were at the honour of winning a Health Service Journal Award uh, for oh, System Led Support for Carers this year in, at a ceremony in London. Um, but we were just so proud of the staff uh, for, for that, really, because we, we put all of our services in. It was our whole service model. So I think that getting that national recognition that we've we've managed to get to a good place for, for, for carers as well. Um, you know, and part of that is is back to seeing that difference that you feel you've made to your, you know, your local communities and your local area. Over the last few years, it's been pretty difficult We've had the uh, coronavirus pandemic, the cost of living crisis, and uh, the the rise in fuel costs. So I wondered, from your perspective, what you would see as being the main challenges that carers are facing as we move further into 2023. The very worst uh, circumstances can bring out the very best in people, and... um, one thing that you might not know about us uh, listening to this is is over 70% of us, of our staff and uh, volunteer group, we've all been carers ourselves. So I think that we we kind of know what that means on a on a day-to-day basis. And I, and I think there's something about that's not easy. Over a period of time, that can kind of take its toll on you. So I think there's a challenge in trying to make sure carers are connected to, to, to other people, that they're accessing a set of services, that they're getting a regular break from the caring role. And they're, I suppose they're thinking about that thing that's probably last on their list sometimes, which is their own health and well-being. And like you said, the, 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 the cost of living crisis is putting a lot of extra strain um, onto carers at the, at the moment um, because it's not, it's not cheap to to care for somebody properly there's there's a lot of things that go with that it's um 
you know, everything from like keep keeping a warm home to the additional equipment you have to buy to to the to the cost of everyday items going up. So they're they're big challenges, and we're trying to do as much as we can to um, help carers with those uh, set of things. And I think it's just when you kind of think about the caring situation and and what that means and doing that on a day-to-day basis and then you kind of mix in the isolation that came with the pandemic um, but also kind of think about that cost of living crisis put all those things together and they are they are kind of connective I, I suppose there's there's something about worrying about carers becoming um, socially isolated and, and uh, as yeah. with the people that yeah. they look after so we want to really make sure that we continue to bring carers together um, as much as we can. I guess the other thing is that although we've gone through hopefully the the worst of the pandemic then there are people maybe that have ongoing health uh, conditions that may for instance compromise their immune system so they're perhaps being advised to isolate or be ultra careful still. Yeah, absolutely. I think people have really had to almost like, well, as, as everybody has, kind of think through their, their lives and, and, and what they can do. And I, and I think that there's a, there's probably always been a, a kind of vulnerability there around caring for people at different stages, you know, be it long-term health conditions or, or end-of-life care. Um, but that's probably been exacerbated by the... By, by the last and current period as well. To end on a completely different and lighter note, what are the best things that you'd say that you've seen on TV or on streaming services over the last little while? Uh, well, we're, we're hooked on Happy Valley at the moment. We, 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 we really like that. So we're, we're enthralled with that. Um, I, like a, I like a good uh, procedural thriller. So yeah, any, anything uh, around that sort of stuff. Yeah. Sport, I love. Uh, I'm a huge Liverpool fan, but I don't know whether that's the best thing uh, that I watch or the worst thing uh, at the moment. It varies. varies. Yeah, you have to. It's a bit like, I suppose, having been here 27 years, you kind of have to take the ups and the downs with with good humour both ways, really. And then um, I I actually, and and that's one of the the reasons I'm so pleased to be doing this, I love podcasts as well. So I have a podcast on, you know, during the evening uh, when I'm taking the dog for a walk and... um, I love anything by Danny Robbins, um, uh, who's, who kind of does stuff around, um, uh, I suppose, uncanny, supernaturally type thing. Feel good, and I know that uh, we have a shared um, love of Detectorists as yeah, well. Yeah, Detectorists is 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 great. Um, I was reminded of how much I like it by the Christmas special, but I realised that I don't need dived into a couple of episodes of Series One. So, looking on iPlayer the other day, I kind of thought. There are three series of this, so I've got plenty of gold to harvest yet as far as this yeah. goes. No, it's great. I, I'm not surprised I like it, really, because it's got, you know, it's, it's obviously uh, history, which I, which I kind of um, love, and, and comedy as well, and then men behaving quite um, sillily sometimes. So it's got it's got a lot of ingredients of what I'd identify with, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on Happy Valley. Uh, that uh, I hadn't watched any of it, and I've watched all of it up to... The present one now, as we record this. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah there's been some good stuff on lately. Thanks, yeah. thanks so much for uh, taking uh, taking the time to have a chat on this very first one. Hopefully, it will be one of many podcasts, and we'll of course get you back again to uh, talk uh, uh, with us 
when we get further into the run of of, of, uh, of podcast episodes. That's great, Adam. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and, and all the best to everybody that's listening. And that was Mark Major, Chief Executive of Northampton Shakeras, talking to me on this, our very first episode. This is the Northampton Shakeras podcast. So imagine that this was a musical gig. We'd have already enjoyed the support act and we'd be waiting for the headline act. So that's the point that we're at. Norma Watson is a lady who lives in Wellingborough. I went out to speak to her at her home, recorded what I hope you'll find, uh, as I did, a really interesting conversation. And one that seems to resonate with the fact that February, the early part of anyway, the 8th to the 12th of the month, was Race Equality Week. So uh, let's hear a bit more about Norma and then the conversation that we had. Norma's an 80-year-old mother, grandmother and great-grandmother. She was born in Jamaica, coming to Wellingborough in 1964 and fully embracing British culture. Norma campaigned to bring her children to join here in the UK. She has strong values in humanity and a belief in God. Norma's very caring and sees the best in everyone. She believes that children should be loved. Norma was a foster carer for 10 years, caring for children who were classed as challenging for the services. She worked as part of the then Northamptonshire County Council, providing respite care for people with learning disabilities. She subsequently worked for Family Link, Victim Support, and in the early days of AIDS, supported people in their own homes. Norma was instrumental in setting up a sickle cell support group in the early days. She's also worked with the elderly, and Norma enjoys music, writing poetry, and meeting new people. So, Norma, you've written a book, Life Through Poetry, and I just wanted to ask you, how did how did that come come about? Well, that came about due to the fact that a lot of the things that are happening between people is not identified. So I thought if I can go ahead and each poem that I write, it's connected to something which I must say I'm very proud of, you know. So we go along and um, move along with each. Each sentence means something to me. Yeah. And I can explain it. It might not mean to you, but the sentences are there and I can explain them to you. I mean, I've really enjoyed reading uh, your poems and there's a few that... that, um, in one sense, if we had loads of time, I'd like to ask about a lot of them, but we'll, we'll, pick, yes. we'll pick two or three, if that's yes, okay. Sure. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you first about uh, your poem, Catch Me If You Can. I love that poem. That's when we had the virus, and it eluded everyone. No one could pinpoint that virus. Mm-hmm. And funny, when I started writing that, it flowed. This was so strange. Mm. Words just mm. kept coming, you know. And that's one of my favorites as well. It's beautiful because I wrote it and my daughter, she has a lovely speaking voice. So I was booed off for the speaking. <laughs> and um, my Lakin spoke lovely. Yeah. Really. 
to be honest, they're all my favorites. Because you want to write something unless you actually like. Yeah. And I've got another one which is my favorite. It's when the uh, visitors from the West Indies came mm -hmm. here and um, they explained how they felt. I wanted to ask if you could t tell me a bit about your poem Black Lives Matter, Mama Don't Know. Yes, yes, that's quite interesting because you have your children, your child, and you don't really, the parents don't really go into the details of telling them until there's an incident and everybody gets all excited. Oh, that's not and then that dies down. Mm -hmm. So why I wrote that is because parents need to tell the children and explain to them. Because of those three that that um, young person had asked, none could explain to her mm -hmm. until we went right on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then the father, and then she said, Papa knows. Yeah. You know, when mm -hmm. he explained a bit more. Yeah. The pastor didn't know, yeah. teacher didn't know. Mm -hmm. Quite proud of yeah, it's 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 a it's a re really striking poem that one I think, and I also was sort of uh, taken by uh, your poem he. And I wondered if you'd say say a little bit about that for us. When he was by the wayside, is that the one? Yeah, know? that's that's the one. It it it, it well, yeah, I, I'm no. I'm supposing it's about somebody that's yeah. homeless, but but um, you yes. can tell me whether I've got that right or he not. He was homeless. It was in the bad weather, yeah. so of course he was by the wayside. He soon came showing along the way, mm -hmm. and he had to move from A to B, and he was so soaked and eternal. Who is this person? You know, like he has no, mm -hmm. no one, and it is sad, mm. you know, because he's somebody's yeah. uncle, somebody's. See, a lot of them is seen of the misfortune of people. And you, you sort of try to put it that they might get help, but a lot of it left with that poor soul just wandering out. Oh, God, it was that and... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, oh, it, it, really it's, it must be difficult to, to just sort of select, select or cherry pick a, yes. a few. Yes. But, but um, I was just sort of wondering about homelessness because obviously it's something yes. that that that's um in wellingborough uh, yes. that, that you not just wellingborough but, but certainly in wellingborough um, mm. then you see see people that are living in shop doorways and things and and d d does it feel that, that things have changed or improved across across your life with the, with that or, or has it remained <laughs> largely the same or worse i'm just intrigued with i it. think it remains the same because um there is no special place for them to live at, you know? Mm. And it's just wandering all about. Mm. And it's, it's not right. That is somebody's uncle, dad, father. And he's just left to wander yeah. about, you know? And then people are labeled. They call him a tramp. Is he a drunkard? Mm. You know, so, and he's, he's a man, 
that's experiencing misfortune. Yeah. If yeah. you take that man and try and do something with him, mm -hmm. don't just send him from pillar to post and then he does a circle. You know, same with someone that's asking for money. Mm. It's a reason why. I, I, there's, again, one about that, mm. where this man, during the um, virus, or the treating, you know, just look down and you go to your trolley full of groceries, and I'm begging you for a few points. So all those things, he sent me, and the fact is that there are no provisions made for them. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that really, I said, where are we going with all this? Mm. You know, mm. we're so high up on this pedestal, and yet we can't find home. Yeah. That's not on, is it? Yeah, it seems, seems, seems a very basic thing, doesn't it? For, for somebody to yes. have somewhere to live, oh, a, safe, a safe space. Um, yes. that, that, uh, and I think that what you're saying is interesting because we all have different identities, don't we? Um, yes. that, that, uh, and that person that happens to be in a state of misfortune and is living on the street now wasn't always that No, it didn't mourn on the streets No. Or no, she? No, absolutely. That that uh, you. I think you alluded to this earlier, but but you you mentioned one of your poems, um, and um, it was I think about uh, people coming over to, to to the UK during during the sort of Windrush years, and yeah. I, I wondered if uh, if you'd say a little bit about uh, about that. I can read it for you for like some written by Norma Watson. Some came by boats, some came by planes. That is the way the journey was made. Some was light, could pass for white, brown, dark brown, black, from the hills, from the valley, uptown, downtown, trench town, bridge town. Some speak spoken, <laughs> some hoity-toity, and no island left untouched. Men in suits with gold teeth, ladies in hats, hair straightened, not a curl inside. The grip, firm in health, children dressed like mom and dad with tear-stained faces. What lies ahead? Speculation, desperation, anticipation, the aim was all the same. And the one thing for sure, the streets are paved with gold. Double wrapped is the roast bread fruit, <laughs> the passport, and the piece of paper with the address currently placed together in an envelope. The grip firmly held. Heathrow, Gatwick, and Southampton were kept busy. With the new arrivals, business was booming. Some found fame, some found fortune, some were guests at Her Majesty's pleasure. <laughs> and when gold could not be found, ended up in jackets which kept them straight. 
and injection now and then given to keep them calm. Men on the prowl for wives, women looking for good providers. Now, five years later, some went back, some stayed and made the best of it. Some went back in a box. Ten years later, one day, one day. Twenty years later, one day, one day. Ten years later, who knows them now? There anyway, my last cousin died the other day. Uh, the dances and house parties stopped as the cemeteries fill up and aching bones can no longer do the scat and mashed potato. Not too much talk now of going back home, just talk of the home in the sky. Going to the day center, sitting in the armchair, doing Tai Chi, even having meals on wheels. Yams and bananas, too hard to digest. Rice and peas burn my stomach. Mm -hmm. A little spot will do. Men, once with gold feet, now have no teeth. <laughs> Women, once with straightened hair, make do with what's left. <laughs> Men wash and go, and children are old and thinking of putting parents in care homes. BMWs are exchanged for zero frames and wheelchairs <laughs> and mobility scooters are the end thing. The bold swagger is now propped up with a walking stick and the voice which once sang with John Old now keeps in tune when the road is called upon her, I'll be there. Hands which once had red stripe and white rum now shake as its medication is taken. The bold voice which once asked, What time you coming around late? Now complains when the talking service is late. I have to sleep at a certain time. Or I can't sleep. Sure. Part bosoms, no sad. I just can't find the right size bra. <laughs> Once flat bellies, now bulge. Chairs grown with excessive weight. I don't eat much, you know. <laughs> Any more potato pudding left? <laughs> you drink all the carrot juice. Forgive me, Beverly. I promise to send for you. I was a young, hot-blooded man. I followed the rest. Mama said every day for six months you went to the post office to collect letter with the passage money. So sorry, Bev. Never the last letter you sent said, gold or no gold, England is too cold for me and I'm not coming. Then one month later, you married Winsome, my best friend, and went to America. Oh, by the way, the baby was a boy who turned out good. He's my right hand. I never married. I kept hoping one day, one day. Now, 
Some have stroke, suffer with dementia, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, bad nerves, bad heart, bad hand. No foot, one foot, bad chest, and sneezing. Look around. The planes and boats brought the people who brought a legacy. Some got the gold, but we all got the snow. <laughs> That's brilliant. And it, it sounds so, I, I love, because it's a, it's, it's a short, shorter one, it, uh, the legacy in here, isn't it? But um, yes, the, the, yes. Uh, I, I think it does, you have to hear it read. Uh, that does make a difference. You need a good reader, you see. Yeah. I know I'm a, That's a bit shaky. But I love this point mm. so much. Because yeah. mm. in your mind, you see the actual, I, I do anyway. Yeah. They're on the boat. Mm. And then here gone, everything gone. What was your favourite, Adam? What's my favourite? I have to say that I really like Black Lives Matter, Mum, I don't know. Yes, I like that as well. When she asked the question, and he said, if you don't know, pastor don't know, then how will I know? It's so true. Kids don't know. You can't tell them, can you? You don't know. So, I know. That's right. That is so true. Yeah, yeah. The kids don't know. You can't tell them, can you? You don't know. Some of them are quite funny. Well, I think it's serious and funny. It's a good contrast, isn't it, really? That uh, I think sometimes you've got to have, have both aspects. Another one I'm looking for, which caused I write things and forget the real This girl, beautiful girl, I explained her features and every inch of her thing. And, um, then her friend or whatever, jealous of her nice skin and everything. Mm. So they wanted to swap. So they yeah. swapped. And um, the old lady now, she took the young girl's face on. So when she went, every old person at the bus pass, when she went to the bus, they chased her because it's an old woman. She went to get her free prescription, just chase her because this is, and every step that woman made, because she had transformed herself mm -hmm. so much, mm -hmm. she wasn't accepted. I thought that's pretty good. So in the end, she had to, um, she went and begged back for her own face. This goes to show what you have. Yeah. Is yours, and you have when you went through the process of achieving your wrinkles and your yeah. what, whatever you know. You can't automatically change it because it's, it's not you then. And uh, you know, to be honest, each of them has a connection, mm. and I sort of can't say favorite or not mm. favorite. Mm. I wouldn't be. Truth. One that I start reading, I say, "Oh, I like this, and I like this, and I like this mm. one." Mm. And uh, I tell a little, give a little message, you know, towards the end. 
How does how does the inspiration come for them then? The, the, I mean, I know some of it is around things that you're thinking about, but do, do you sort of does it come kind of fully formed, or do you get a bit of an idea and then work on it and after yes, it, or is that yes. how it works? Yes, it's an idea. Mm. Like when the weather was so rotten, mm. and you have visions of this man outside mm. because you actually see things that you write, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then you, I build around that, and then um, personal things that happen, and build yeah. of that as yeah. well. Shall I say ninety percent is true, or a big percentage? That was Norma Watson talking to me about life through poetry. You can get this uh, volume of poems, which are really interesting enjoyable and thought-provoking from bookshops on the high street or in uh, shopping centres etc. You can of course get it from online retailers, I think you know who I'm talking about, there are a number of them. On either the March or the April edition of the podcast, episode two or three, then I'll be talking to Helen Blaby, who you will um, I'm sure know from BBC Radio Northampton, you may also I remember her from uh, BBC Radio 5 Live. What would be great in the meanwhile, and in an ongoing sense really, is for you to get in touch with us to tell us what you think, who you might like to hear as future guests, and topics that you might like us to talk about. best way to do that really is probably podcast at northamptonshire-carers.org. However, as I said at the top of uh, this episode, you can just have a chat with us at any point that you encounter us, wherever that may be, a group on a f- on the phone, a uh, carer's assessment, whatever it may be. Um, you can let us know um, uh, any ideas that you may have and what might like us to consider for future episodes. And in the words of the rock band, the Travelling Wilburys, this is the end of the line. Goodbye. This podcast is created by Northamptonshire Carers and is a man with a beard production.